Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. You all are looking awesome today. I am I'm so glad to be in front of you all. My name is Nehemiah Ray. I'm the youth pastor here at Linked Up Church. Um, over the plug, if you all don't know, the plug is the most popping youth ministry in America. Amen. And so we have youth ministry every Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m. in the back over there. Um, I just wanted to let you all know, so this is a youth invasion. We do this quarterly. We do this quarterly. Every fifth Sunday, the youth will be coming over here. They will be participating. They'll be leading praise and worship. Uh, we have youth that are on the media team doing stuff on the cameras, behind the scenes. We had youth on the drums. We had youth on the bass. We had youth leaders on the guitar, on the pianos. We got them as ushers. We got them in the nursery, children's church. I mean, we're trying to, you know, get our, it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing to see youth involved at church. So, um, so let's get ready to jump into it. Before I jump into it, though, I do want to say, if you all don't know, if this is your first time, um, I want you to definitely come and receive a Pastor Gregory and Pastor Trish, who are our pastors here. They're not able to make it today. They're on vacation, rest and relaxation. Amen. So as they are getting some of that, we are going to handle service today. If you're online, thank you so much for joining us today. If you could just type in, where are you watching from? You know, get some interaction. Where are you watching from today? I have to shout out one more person, one more person, and that is my beautiful wife, uh, her name is Jamelia Ray. She's awesome. That's my youth ministry partner. Like, she really helps me out with youth ministry. She was up here singing. She's with the baby somewhere right now. All righty, so let's get started. Let's get started. Um, lately, I know that you all have been talking about a praise and worship culture, a praise and worship culture. And we've been pretty similar in the youth ministry as well. We've been talking about worship. What is worship? And we said that worship is pretty much three things. If you could put your L, put an L in the air for me. Put an L in the air. We said worship has three L's. Worship has three L's. One is lip service. Worship is lip service. That means like when people are singing, you're not, we are like barely hearing you. Like your mouth is open and worship is giving God the service of your lips. The next one that we talk about, put another L up, put another L. The next L is lively, being lively before the Lord, opening up your arms, moving around, dancing, spinning around, whatever that you need to do. It's not just sitting there like this. That's not lively. That's not giving God the worship he deserves. And the last L, which is the most important L, is lifestyle. Lifestyle is the most important one. And we're going to kind of be uh, flowing around along the same um, section with that today. All right. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you are doing in this service. I thank you for giving us breath this morning, the opportunity to get ready to go into a new decade. Right now, God, I have something planned, but Holy Spirit, you are more than welcome to interrupt and change anything that you need to do. These are plans, but Father, I want you to lead my steps. Holy Spirit, have your way. You are here. You are present. So I just welcome you and say thank you for being here. Rest upon this service. Let a heart be changed today. Let a life be changed. Thank you that this seed will fall on good soil, and that it will produce a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we have two days before we enter into a new decade. Like two days before a new decade begins. Like that is awesome that we get to go into a new decade. And I believe this decade is going to be the best decade of your life. I believe it's going to be the best decade of your life. But I may be saying it's going to be the best decade for a different reason than you may be thinking it's going to be the best decade. The reason I believe it's going to be the best decade of my life because I believe my eyes are going to stay so focused on Jesus so that no matter what happens, I'm going to be good. I mean, I'm all for promotions and new cars and, you know, moving into new homes and all of that stuff. You know, God bless that. But I'm more focused on keeping my eyes on him. 
That way, because one thing I will promise in 2020, there's going to be some trials and tribulations. But if our eyes are focused on him, you'll be able to get through it. Your perspective is the most important thing for this upcoming decade. Um, can anybody tell me what was the first thing that God spoke into existence in the Bible? Light. Okay, we got some believers here today. Okay. Y'all may be a little better than first service. Hopefully they're not watching online. <laughs> so if you have your Bibles, if you can turn to Genesis chapter 1. You can follow along on the YouVersion app. If you have that, just type in Linked Up Church and you can follow along with us. Genesis 1, 5, 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Somebody say darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. God divided the light from the darkness. You all remember that. He divided the light from the darkness. If God, in all his splendor and wonder, decided that the first thing that needed to be created was light, that lets us know that light is important. That lets us know that light is valuable. And for a believer, it is vital. We're going to be discussing today how your private worship will make you shine publicly. Oftentimes, believers don't shine publicly because we don't have a private worship life. We don't shine because we don't seek him in private. I'm sure that you all are familiar with these solar-powered calculators that they used to have back in the day. You have one. Most people just have them on their phones nowadays. But with these solar-powered calculators, when, the, when it is in a dark drawer and you take it out and try to use it, it is dim. Sometimes it doesn't even work. It is the same exact thing for a believer. If we do not get connected to the sun and let his light, his light shine upon us, we will be dim. The more time you spend with God, the brighter you are going to shine. The less we expose ourselves to Jesus, the less we shine. So in order to shine bright, we have to connect to his son's light. I'm going to do a little teaching and then we're going to set a little foundation and then we're going to go. When people think of Jesus and Christianity, when people think of a disciple of Jesus, people think of a lot of different things. People can think of Christianity is, uh, you know, going to church. People can think that Christianity is reading the Bible. People can think that Christianity is tithes and offerings. People can think that Christianity is reading the Bible. And all of these things are good. These are godly. These are things that are needed. But Jesus came for something different. And we're going to look at what he came for. This scripture, like, changed my whole paradigm when it comes to my Christian walk. This scripture right here, like, changed my entire perspective. A lot of times we think Christianity is about going to heaven. But Jesus said a little differently. Let's read John 17, 1 through 4. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify. Somebody say glorify. glorify. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Wait, Nehemiah, I thought you said it's not about heaven. He just said eternal life right here. Eternal life is heaven. That's what I used to believe until I read a little more in this passage. Let's read what is eternal life. And this is eternal life. 
that they may know you. Somebody say no. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. If he's the only true God, that means there are false gods. And we can connect to false gods and think that they're the real God. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. In this passage, this lets me know two things of what Jesus came to do. Number one, Jesus came so that we can know God and glorify him. Jesus came so that we can, one, know God, and two, glorify him. If you look in this passage, he says glorify several times. And so I looked up, what does that actually mean? We are to know God and glorify him. Know, in the Old Testament, the Bible was written in Hebrew and translated. In the New Testament, it was written in Greek and translated. So if you want to know a deeper meaning of a word, you can go and look it up in the Hebrew or the Greek. The Greek word for know is nosko, which means experience God through intimacy. To know God is to experience him through an intimate session with him. That means this. That's not in public. Intimacy does not happen out in public. Well, not for most people. <laughs> Some of you married folks, y'all just get down however you want to. But most of the time, intimacy happens behind closed doors. What does glory mean? Glory means dignity, honor, praise, worship, something that is very apparent. Something that is apparent. So we are to know God through an intimate relationship so that we can shine bright for him. In other words, we are supposed to be the moon and Jesus is the sun. We are supposed to reflect his light onto a dark world. That is what a believer is supposed to do. We're supposed to know the sun intimately so that he reflects his life off of us into this earth. But you can't represent somebody that you don't know. You can't shine for God without knowing him, period. You must worship the light to be the light. Jesus said, I am the Let's try that one more time. I'm going to give you a hint. Light. He's the light. Okay? <laughs> Jesus said, I am the Okay. Good students in here. Good job. All right. All right. John 9, 1 through 7 says this. Can we do something about this? Now Jesus passed by. He saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, which just means teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Sometimes in life, we will blame people for things that go the wrong way. Sometimes in life, we will blame our parents for where we are. We will blame our uncles for where we are. We'll blame the teachers for where we are. We'll blame our bosses for our situation and circumstances. We will blame other people for what is going on in life. But we ultimately have to know one thing. You can't blame other people for where you are. You can't blame nobody else. We can't blame anybody else for where we are in life. Jesus said in this thing right here that this circumstance happened so that God could be revealed through it. This circumstance of this man's blindness happened so that the glory of God can be revealed. Let's think about our life real quick. What circumstances are you going through that God needs to be revealed through it? What circumstance are we going through that God needs to reveal himself through our circumstances. That is what Jesus wants to do. 
Any circumstance that goes on in your life, God can be revealed through it. It doesn't mean he caused it to happen. It doesn't mean he caused that molestation to happen to you, but he can use that for his glory. But you got to give it to him. You got to give him, you got to give it over to him, and he's going to turn all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. 2020 is going to be a good year. 2020 is going to be a good year. But your perspective on that circumstance will determine your result. It's all about your paradigm. How are you looking at the situation? If you juice a mango, you're going to get mango juice. If you juice a grape, you're going to get grape if you juice a mango and get grape juice that's weird that's strange <laughs> that's like what is wrong with this is it spoiled what's going on here I think it is the same exact thing with us believers when we get squeezed in life when we get put in situations and trials in life, how come everything else comes out except Jesus? If we, if we are full of Jesus on the inside, when we get squeezed in a circumstance, man, he should be coming all out of us. But the only way that he can come out of us when we get squeezed is if our private life if we're spending that private time in that bedroom alone with Jesus, that's how you come, that's how Jesus comes out of you. Because that flesh will try to rear up. That flesh is going to try to come out, but you got to kill it. And you can kill that flesh by crucifying it on the cross in your bedroom alone. Reading that word alone. Spending time with him alone. See, we are called to glow. We're called to glow in life. And it is just like these glow sticks. Something interesting, you always want to stay curious in life. I was wondering, how do these glow sticks actually glow? I never knew how they glue. <laughs> so with these glow sticks, they have a glass tube on the inside of them. And when you bend that tube, when you squeeze that tube, when you put it in a tough situation, something happens. A chemical reaction occurs. And when that chemical reaction occurs, it starts to glow. It starts to glow when something on the inside gets breaking, gets broken. There are some of you all in this room, 2019 has been a breaking year for some of you all. 2019 has been tough for some of you all. I mean, family is getting messed up. We've had deaths. We had this. We've had that. We've had all type of situations occur in 2019. But if you keep your perspective on him, boop, when you get bent, Jesus can come out. It is just like a believer, you all. When we go through a circumstance, when we go through a trial, and I'm not making light of anybody's situation here, but when we go through something, how we respond is so important for a believer on how we shine. People look at us, and you don't even know it. Oh, you call yourself a Christian, but when that happened, you was looking just like me. I'm going to go to my crystals and worship them. Oh, never mind. That's some new age stuff. Never mind. So... What we need to do is this. When a situation breaks us and it bends us and it squeezes us, something needs to happen where a spiritual reaction occurs. A spiritual reaction on the inside occurs where when that happens, we shine bright like a diamond. Like we're supposed to glow up when a situation happens in life. Let's finish this scripture. Verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one 
can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the... Let's try that again, okay? So when I take those pauses, like y'all are supposed to like finish the sentence. <laughs> as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the... Thank y'all, youth. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. People can look at the scripture and have a negative connotation to it. People can look at the scripture and say, well, whoa, Jesus is gone. Jesus is risen. He's not on the earth no more. So we can't do no works. We can't do nothing right now. Jesus is gone. Hmm. But since he died and resurrected, and we have the opportunity for Jesus to dwell on the inside of us, that means I'm looking at a whole bunch of little Jesuses in this room right now. That means this room is flooded with little Jesuses. And if Jesus is on this earth, the light in his work can be done. But it determines how bright is your light. Jesus' light was super bright. Jesus' light was bright, and it's on the inside of you. Let's go to verse 6. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground. He didn't spit, spat. He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. That's kind of nasty. But, hey, that's Jesus, man. He, he do whatever he want. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom. So when, when, so he went and washed and came back seen. He came back what? Seen. He came back what? Seen. He came back seen because Jesus is the light. You cannot have vision without light. Let me say it like this. In order to have 20-20 vision, you need the light. In order to have 20-20 vision, you need the light. You need to be exposed to that light in order to see clearly. We can't see clearly in our circumstances because we don't have the right vision. It's seeming like this is the worst thing that could happen in my life instead of looking at, oh my goodness, this is a great opportunity for God to show himself. This is an awesome opportunity. You can get fired from a job and think, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for my bills? Oh my goodness, I don't got enough savings for this. Oh my goodness. Or you can look at that and say, oh man, God, I know that you about to do something great in my life. I know that you about to show up because it doesn't matter the circumstance. God is bigger than it. And when you glorify something, it means magnify something, you make it bigger than your situation. It doesn't matter what situation you've been through, God is bigger than it. I've never seen an eye exam done in the dark before. It's impossible to see an eye exam in the dark. We can't be blind out here in these streets. Our eyes have to be open. Helen Keller said this, the only thing that's worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. See, there's a difference between sight and vision. Natural sight versus vision. Seeing things that aren't even in existence yet. Calling those things, <laughs> oh man, we can have vision. We need supernatural vision. We don't realize sometimes that we live in a spiritual world. All this stuff is natural. We can see it with our eyes, but we don't realize that there is a spiritual world out there. And the only way for our spiritual eyes to be open is if we're in our private bedroom, spending time with him, seeking his face, going after him. That is the only way that our supernatural eyes can be open. The reason you're looking at your circumstance messed up because you ain't seen the spirit world. Gehazi's eyes was blind. He opened it. God is able to open your eyes. God is able to open your eyes. We need light. We need it.
Mark 4, 21 through 22. Jesus also said to them, does anyone bring a lamp so that he can place it under a basket or under a bed? Doesn't he set it on a lampstand? Did God give us a light so that it can be dimmed down? Of course not. This next year, God wants us to disconnect from the things that are dimming our light down so that we can glow up like never before. We have to disconnect from those things that are dimming our lights down. See, I have an office in my room, in my home, well, town home. So in that room, I have my desk set up. I have a light. I got a salt lamp. I got one of those little air diffusers where it blows the smoke, makes it smell good with the essential oils. You got to set the atmosphere. <laughs> That's just a joke. You don't have to. <laughs> I got all that hooked up, but sometimes it gets cold in that office. And so I keep the lamp on. I keep everything else plugged up, but in my surge protector, sometimes I plug that heater in. And when I plug that heater in, a lot of times that light starts to flicker. And oftentimes it'll go out. The surge protector blew a breaker on the inside of it. A lot of times in life, you all, we can be plugged up to God while being plugged up to other things. Being plugged up to those other things and God is going to cause you to flicker. It's going to cause that light to go down. It's going to cause you not to shine as bright as you're supposed to because you plugged into other things while you're being plugged into him. And in reality, if you're not fully plugged into him, you're not plugged up in the first place. We have to be fully committed. 2020, man, we got to commit to him. It ain't a time that, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the club New Year. I'm going to go to church first, then the club. Like, we ain't got, we living in a dark world. We can't be playing with fire. We can't be on one side of the fence and the other. And I'm not throwing shade at people because I used to do it. I was that brother going to church. Yeah, I'm going to early service so I can go party tonight. But that's because I didn't know God. I just knew of him. I didn't have an experience with God. I just knew of them because my parents talked about them. I knew of them because I went to church. I could talk the talk. Oh, yes, <laughs> Jesus died for me. <laughs> I could do all of that. You know, I could talk it, but I didn't know him. Oftentimes, we just know of him, and we don't know him. People say, yeah, I know Kobe. I know LeBron. I... No, no, you don't. You ain't never had one dinner with him. He never, you don't even know their favorite color. Like, you don't know them. You know of them. You can be around God and not know God. It's a difference between being here and actually tapping into him. There's people in praise and worship tapping into God. They experience God's talking to them. Presence of God is on them. They feeling it. They know what's going on, that connection, while the next person could just be on looking around. What the heck they doing? Why they, why they so hype? Why they hype? Because you don't know what they went through. You don't know where they came from. You don't know why, what that week was like and how God delivered them. No wonder, man, I'm going to spin, I'm going to jump, I'm going to shout because God has done something good for me. And when you have that experience with God, it changes everything. 2020, we need to get to know God. It's one thing to get to know him, but Jesus even says, did I know you? In order for God to know you, you have to know him. You have to get to know. It says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You come close to him, he's going to come close to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. You keep on knocking. I know you done tried it. I done tried that. I done tried that prayer and fast and stuff. I ain't never had nothing happen. Like, this ain't no 30-day money-back guarantee. It doesn't say knock two times and he's going to come open it? No, it says, seek me diligently. And you're going, teach. No, teach. <laughs> you said teach. Teach, yes, Lord. <laughs> seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. It doesn't give a time stamp on how long you need to seek. 
It doesn't say, you knocked 21 times. He's going to open it up. Now, the good thing is, man, God is a faithful guy, so he's going to come through. He's going to come through, but you must knock. You must seek him. Let's go to this next scripture. Let's go to verse 22. Verse 22. Matthew, Mark 4, verse 22. For nothing is hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to that will not be brought to light. See, this could be a negative scripture. You sinning? Oh yeah, in the dark? Oh yeah, they, they gonna find out about that. That's in the cloud. Yeah, you're gonna find out about that. And I think that that's true. What's done in dark is gonna come to light. But how about we put a positive spin on that? If we seeking God in our private time in the darkness, he's gonna show up for us in the light. He's gonna show up for us in the public. You can never, I'm telling y'all right now, if you get into a situation, it's too late to try to be praying and seeking him and all that stuff. You need to be prepared. It's too late. Oh, no, I got to act right. Oh, yes, faith, faith. No, no, you done missed it. But, the, I mean, God can still come through. And he still does come through. But you want to be prepared. When a situation hits, you already in the reserve. Oh, this ain't nothing. I know God going to come through for me. Don't matter any situation, God's going to come through for you. But you got to have that private time. You got to have that private time. Light means this. Light means apparent, clear, evident, obvious, open, visible, clearly outward. Does your life clearly look like Jesus to other people? Is it evident that you worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Sometimes you are, sometimes in order to be the light, that means you're going to have to have some confrontation. <laughs> there is confrontation, but light outshines darkness every day. Light doesn't let darkness stay around. It confronts it and says, leave, get out of here. Sometimes we're going to, to be a true, like, to really be a light, when you hear stuff going on at your jobs, at your school that doesn't agree with the word of God, man, you need to confront that. Nah, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus says, yo. I don't really believe that way. Stop just being silent. Closing your mouth. Knowing in your head like, mm-mm-mm, that ain't good. Nuh-uh. Speak up about it. Jesus was confrontational. Now, he did it in love. Make sure that your motive is love, not just trying to prove him wrong. Oh, nah, nah. Like, make sure your motive is love because then you're wrong anyway. Right? You're wrong before you even start if you got the wrong motive. So make sure that you, but in love, confront that. Nah, baby girl, that's going to lead you down the wrong way. You can't do that. Nah, but it's good for me to live together with him. We get to know each other. Mm, sounds good. Intellectually, sounds good. Save money, all that. But if that's going to cause you to slip into something you don't need to, cut it off. You got to cut off those things. Disconnect. You got to disconnect from those things. There is no way that me and my wife was able to not have sex before marriage. Have you seen her? She's bad. She's, man, she's a fine woman. It is no way the old me would have been able to not do that. How long was that? Three years, something crazy like that, man. That was crazy. <laughs> and we were together. But it's only because the grace of God empowered me to do that. It's not because I just got some strong willpower. No, Nehemiah doesn't. It's God's grace that empowered me to live that way. And how do you get that grace, Nehemiah? That private time. That private time. Coming to church once a week, man, this is great. We're supposed to do it. Hebrews talks about come together, gather, encourage one another. We're supposed to do this. No shade online, no shade. We're supposed to do this. But, but, in reality, you all, you only doing that, and you're not doing it in your private life. No wonder you're struggling. Sorry. No wonder things is going wrong. God ain't come through for me. You only came through for God one time out of the week.
not about works, but it's about a relationship. Any good relationship, man, you got to spend time. There's no way I could be married to my wife if I only text her once a week. Hey, how you doing? Don't even respond back. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go to your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who sees who is in the secret place. God is in the secret place. He's in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. If you are seeking God in the secret place, in private, what is he going to reward you with? Himself. In the public, you're going to look like him. I mean, I'm more for blessings and stuff like that, but really, man, I just want to look like Jesus. That's just an added benefit. That's a benefit package. <laughs> but I want to look more like him than anything else. And if I could look like him, man, then I'm, if the more you look like Jesus, man, the better the world is going to be. We got too many people that's not living to their full potential. You can't live it. You can't be a Christian and not. We got to live to our full potential. Your private worship will make you shine publicly. Parents, that means this as well. That means if you only bring your children to church and you do not live it out in your life, they are going to associate Christianity with coming to church. And that is not Christianity. Christianity is a lifestyle. We have to live it in front of them. And I know a lot of y'all are. I'm not talking, I'm just talking to other people. I know y'all is doing it. But I'm talking to, you know, all them other people out there, you know. You all, but seriously, you all, we have to live it. We have to respond in love to them. They're going to mess up. But how you responding? Don't make, a, don't make it that big of a deal. They're never going to talk to you again. <laughs> like, like, but you have to realize, you have to realize that the family structure is vital. And how you live it determines where they go. They're going to always be able to go back and be like, dang, well, my dad wasn't doing that. My mom wasn't doing that. Like, my uncle wasn't doing that. I'm calling myself a Christian, but I ain't even looking like them. We got to, we have to. That's why in 2020, you all, we got to get back to family devotions. Yeah. Yeah. During these 21 days of prayer and uh, fasting, how about we do it with the families? Come to, hey, Johnny, it's your turn. You do the Bible study this week. Yeah. You lead it this week. We have to get back to that. We have to get back to teaching our children the word of God. The world is teaching them everything else. It's not up to me to teach them, y'all. I'm going to do it, but it's not up to me to teach them. I'm supposed to encourage and instill what you all have already said. It's a supplement. This is a supplement. That means this. If you only take supplements, you're going to be sick. If all you do is taking protein powder and you ain't eating no food, like, you're going to be sick as a dog. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> different light bulbs have different wattages. Some light bulbs are 20 watts. Some are 50. Some are 100. The thing is, God didn't make any one of you all a 20-watt light bulb. God didn't make none of us 50s. God made us all a hundred. God made us all a hundred watt light bulbs. It's not that God didn't design you to shine bright. It's that we have caused things to dim our lights. We got to live to our potential. You find that in secret. That is why the world struggles today. Depression, suicide, all of these things are happening because they don't know who they are because they don't know who God is. When you know God, you find yourself. You're made in his image and likeness. And when you find yourself, man, you find rest, you find peace, you find joy, you find strength in the midst of a situation. Oftentimes, we have turned down our light. Darkness is pervasive on this earth. America is becoming darker and darker. 
Europe is darker and darker. Places are darker and darker. It's a lot of times because we haven't, <laughs> we hid our light underneath a bushel. We got to shine bright. Darkness is pervasive, but light outshines darkness any day. One small light makes a big difference in a big dark room. No one ever walks into a room and say, hey, hey, it's too bright in here, man. Could you please just turn up the darkness some? <laughs> Nobody ever said, I've never heard that language before. They always say this, hey, ooh, boy, it's too bright in here. Can you turn the light down? Too many times, you all, we have turned the lights down. And the way to get our lights turned back up, in that secret place, that private time, says his word is a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. <laughs> Means we need to be reading the word. In Kanye's album, he said something. He said something really, really interesting. He said, turn off all the lights. He's the light. He said, turn off all the lights because he's soldiers, ultra beam out the solar, when I get to heaven's gates, I ain't gotta peek over, keeping perfect composure, when I scream at the chauffeur, I ain't mean, I'm just focused, I ain't mean, I'm just focused, put a lean out slower, got us clean out of soda, before the flood people judge, they did the same thing to Noah, everybody wanted Yandy, that Jesus Christ did the laundry, they say that we start on Monday, but the strong start on Sunday, won't be in bondage to any man. John 8, 3, 3. We the descendants of Abraham. Yea, should be made free. John 8, 3, 6. To whom the Son set free is free indeed. He say the rich like me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Christ our 
beaten, bruised, whipped, hurt, beard ripped out, marred more than any of the sons of men. He was on that cross hanging blood dripping on the cross for you so that you can know who you really are. Sin has been burying you. Sin has covered you. And the blood has came to wash away that sin, to wash away the dirt so that you can find the true jewel of who you are, the gem of who you are, God's beautiful son and daughter. So when I say washed by the blood, that means I've been forgiven. I've repented for my sins. And I ain't never going back. Nehemiah ain't never going back. God has been too good for me. He's been too good to me for me to ever go back. I should have been dead. I should have been in jail. But God has freed me. That's why we worship. That's why we jump up. That's why we spin. That's why we shout. Because God has been good. Hallelujah. No one like our God. There is none more able. Christ our Savior. Great and glorious. There is no one higher. No one greater. No one like our God. There is none more able. Christ our Savior. Great and glorious. Yes, God. Hallelujah. So what we talked about today, we talked about being the light. But you cannot be the light if you've never accepted the light into your life. The light, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So we ask right now, I just want everybody heads bowed, everybody 